You're listening to Rockland Community Church, connecting all generations to Jesus. Uh, my name is Aaron, and for those of you who uh, I have not had a chance to meet yet, I am the new student and family pastor here at Rockland, and I've been given the opportunity today to bring a message for the first time to you guys as we continue our series on the book of Psalms. Uh, last week, just to kind of set the mood and set the tone, last week we talked a little bit about um, this idea of revenge. And this week's, this week's story is eerily similar to last week's, but we're going to take a little bit different spin on it because this week's story is a story of betrayal. Now, we've been talking about this idea in the book of Psalms about heartaches and hallelujahs, and this psalm fits right into that, to that theme, to that idea, and could have actually been the title of today's lesson because we're going to look at a story Uh, from David about this idea of being betrayed, and not only being betrayed, but being betrayed by someone who is close to you. Now, I know this probably hits home for a lot of people, myself included, that we've been hurt at some point by somebody who we thought was a friend, who we thought loved us, who we thought cared about us, who we thought we could trust. And unfortunately, that's where this term being stabbed in the back comes from. And that's kind of what today's story is all about. It's all about David being betrayed by somebody he thought he could trust and someone he thought was on his side. And nothing hurts worse than when you get betrayed by somebody who you think is on your side. Now, in this particular story, we're going to be talking about David and we're going to be talking about how one of his trusted advisors, his trusted friends, actually is plotting against him and what that does to David emotionally. But David knows a little something about betrayal, doesn't he? Now, most scholars think that this this psalm was written after the story of David and Bathsheba. And we're not going to get into that story a whole lot, but just in case you're not familiar with that story, uh, David basically had an affair with Bathsheba. That had, some, that had some consequences that went along with it. And instead of, of kind of making that situation right, David actually had Bathsheba's, uh, he had Bathsheba's husband killed. And Uriah was actually a trusted friend of David. He was someone who had fought in David's army and he was very loyal to David. So David knows a little something about betrayal. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. And maybe you have a story of betrayal as well. And maybe it was in a relationship. Maybe it was in a work situation. But what we're going to look at today is the range of emotions that David went through as he tried to process these series of events. And we're also going to look at how we as Christians respond to that. And what we as Christians can do, whether we're dealing with this situation now, or if you find yourself in this situation down the road, I want to give you some tools, some takeaways, some things that you can use to kind of overcome this and to get past this and to not let it define who you are. Because thankfully, we have a Lord and Savior that is way more powerful than anything here on earth that can take care of that for us. And that's one of the main things we're going to talk about today as we kind of work through this. Now, we've all been there. I've been there. I've, I've been there in, in previous relationships. I've been there in work situations. And there's just nothing worse than when someone who you think you can trust, someone who you think you can count on, either turns out not to be the person that you thought they were or 
just plain old, as we said earlier, stabs you in the back. So I'm going to encourage you to grab your Bibles or your app or however you like to follow along because I want to encourage you to follow along with me as we unpack Psalms chapter 55 and we look at some of these range of emotions that David went through. Now, I want to look at three main emotions that David went through and, and likely in reality there were probably more than that. But the first thing that David was facing was fear. It was fear of the unknown. It was fear of what this person might do to him. Now, I spent some time doing some research trying to figure out who exactly this person was that was doing this. And quite frankly, scholars do not agree on who it was. And I think that sometimes we get so hung up on the details of the who, what, when, why, and where that we miss the message. So this morning, I don't want to focus on so much who did this to David? But I want to focus on David's reactions. And the first thing that he reacted with was fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what this person, who he once thought was a friend, was going to do to him. Fear of what the consequences may be of these actions. So again, if you would turn with me to Psalms 55, we're going to start out in verse 1. And it says, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. It says, Attend me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and I moan. Now, I like the way that David starts this psalm because to me it feels very real. It feels very raw. David is in a place that many of us have found ourselves in from time to time, and that's where we do trust in God, but sometimes we feel distant from God. And I feel like that's what David is going through here. He knows that he can trust God, and he trusts God enough to go to God, but he's just still saying, please hear me, as if maybe God wouldn't hear his prayers, as if maybe God wouldn't walk close to him during his time of need. And I like this because I feel like it's real and it's raw, and it's, it's exactly the relationship that we should have with God. See, God loves you, mind, body, and soul, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And just like in any relationship, you've got to be real with each other. And David is being real, and he's kind of laying it out to the point that he says, I moan. Now, I know sometimes people say David can be a little bit dramatic, and I think we can all agree David can be a little dramatic at times, but I also feel like it's very real. He's pouring out to God and telling God exactly how he feels. You know, sometimes you go to somebody and you say, and you can tell they're a little off, and you say, uh, hey, hey, what's bothering you today? And what do we always say? Nothing. I'm good. I'm Okay. Now, sometimes that can be a show of strength, but sometimes we just need to be vulnerable with each other in our relationships, and I think that's exactly what David is doing. He is saying to God, look, I'm vulnerable, I'm hurting, I'm moaning out to you because I need you. See, sometimes we feel distant from God. Now, I know in my own life, and I'm not going to speak for any of you, but I know in my own life, the times in my life where I've felt distant from God wasn't because God wasn't there. It's because I wasn't doing the things I needed to do to be close to him. I wasn't spending enough time in prayer. I wasn't spending enough time in scripture. I wasn't spending enough time in quiet, listening to what God might be trying to say to me. And, I, and in result, I felt distant from God. And maybe that's where David's at. But that makes it even more important of where we're going to go from here. Let's pick up in verse 3. It says, Because of the noise of the enemy... Because of the oppression of the wicked, for they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. 
Now notice that David, a couple of times throughout this psalm, is going to talk about the things that these people are saying about him and his worry. Because again, in this first eight verses or so, we're, we're kind of stuck in this method of fear, this mode of fear. And I think that's very normal for each of us when we're facing an unknown, when we're not sure what's going to happen. He's feeling this fear. And it says, my heart is in anguish within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. It says, and I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. It says, I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. It says, I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and the tempest. So again, this first kind of eight verses is where we're talking about fear and David's worried about what's going to happen to him. And he's kind of laying out to God, even though we know that God already knows, he's laying out to God why he's afraid. He's laying out to God what, what these people are saying about him and potentially what they may do. And he kind of ends this first kind of segment or this first section of our text by talking about how he'd like to go away. He'd like to fly away. And I think that's a very normal response. But see, David, in the situation that he was in and, and leading an army, and this is in the midst of a rebellion, he couldn't just walk away, even though he may have wanted to. But if we think about Scripture, if we think about stories from the Bible, he's certainly not the only one that wanted to run away. Now, we know a very familiar story from the book of Jonah. And what happened to Jonah when he decided to run away from his problems or to run away from what God was calling him to do? It didn't end well for Jonah, did it? He ended up in the belly of a fish. And David is saying, oh, if I could, I would just fly away. Because see, David is still in this first of the three stages, which is fear. He's in this first of the three stages where he is feeling scared about what is going to happen to him. But as we're going to see as we continue through our scripture, we're going to see that he transitions from fear into fury. He goes from, I'm worried about what might happen to me, to being angry, to being frustrated, to being annoyed that this person has stabbed him in the back and being not, not sure of where this is all going to go or where this is going to lead. So he transitions from fear to fury. Now, I love this text. I love this text because David is going through what I feel like is a very typical range of emotions. He starts off being scared, and then he moves from there to being angry. And maybe you've been angry before, and maybe you've been angry with God before. And David is just kind of being real and being raw with God. Now, I know there's been times in my life where, where I've been angry with God. There was a time in my life about 25 years ago, my, my dad had some complications from a surgery, and he, he developed a blood clot that made its way into his lungs and kind of exploded in his lungs and, and and filled up the little air sacs that you have in your lungs, and he stopped breathing. And I remember getting that phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning from my mom saying, you need to come right now to the hospital. And I got in my car, and as I was on my, on my way to the hospital, I was angry. I was angry with God. Because I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that God was going to take my dad at such a young age, and I wasn't ready to deal with that. And I cried out to God that he couldn't have my dad, that I still needed him. And much like David, I, I just kind of, kind of let my frustrations out to God. And I think that that's okay. I think that that's okay. I don't think we should bemoan God, of course, and I don't think we should talk poorly of God, but I think it's okay to be real with God and to tell him, hey, I'm angry. Hey, I'm scared. 
And he wants that because he, he will take care of us, but he wants us to reach out to him. And that's part of being in a relationship, right, with God, is this idea of being able to pour out to God, to being able to tell God exactly what you're feeling. And isn't that what relationships are all about? You have to be able to be, as we said earlier, to be real. And as we move forward in our text, we're going to see that that's exactly what David does. So let's pick up in verse 9. And it says, Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. So see, you can almost feel kind of our, our shift from fear to fury. Now he's angry. Now he's telling God what he wants him to do and what, what God should do. It says, day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. It says, ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. So now he's talking about what's going on in the city. He's talking about all of these people that are kind of conspiring against him and kind of what's going on in this situation. And it says, for it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me. It says, then I could hide from him. So what David is talking about here is he's talking about the fact that this isn't an enemy that's coming after him. This isn't someone who hates him that's coming after him. He's saying, God, I can deal with that. And think about that in your own life, where there's somebody maybe that you don't get along with, or maybe it's a coworker that, that you just don't really like, and they don't like you, and they do something against you. It's kind of like, yeah, I expected that. But when it's somebody that you care about and when it's somebody that you love, it takes on a whole different level. And that's exactly what David is saying. And that's, again, what I love about this text is the Bible gives us tools that we can use. And David is kind of showing us some tools here and reminding us of some things that we're likely to either have already gone through or likely to go through at some point in our lives. And he's saying, look, God, if this was an enemy, cool, I can deal with that. But it's not. This is a friend. This is someone who I trusted. And that's why he's pouring this out and giving it to God. It says, but it is you, a man, my equal. It says, my companion, my, fa my familiar friend, who used to take sweet counsel together. It says, within God's house, we walked in the throng. Now, he's basically saying, look, not only is this a friend, not only is this someone, someone who I trusted, but it's someone who I, who, who I worshiped with, who I worshiped God with. I thought we were on the same team. And that's what he's crying out to God. It says, let death steal over them. It says, let them go down to Sheol alive for evil <coughs> in their dwelling place and in their heart. And he's saying, look, Here's what I want you to do, God. I want you to send these people down to Sheol alive. Let them suffer. Let them be tortured. Let them be in pain because of what they did to me. And this is part of that fury. This is part of that being upset. This is part of this being angry. He's taking it to the extreme a little bit here. He's wishing ill against the people who are doing this to him. Now, Robbie talked a little bit last week about how, how we're, we're supposed to pray for everybody and we're supposed to be friends with everybody and we're supposed to love everybody. And David is saying, hey, no, in this case, send them down. I don't care because of what they have done. Then it says, but I call to, the, to God and the Lord will save me. 
So we're kind of transitioning again. We're kind of transitioning in, in this. And it says, he says, I'm going to call on God instead. So we're kind of transitioning from this idea of fury into this idea of faith. And it says, evening and morning and noon, I utter my complaint and I moan. And he hears my voice. And I love this. Evening and morning and noon. David was in prayer. See, David was in constant prayer. He prayed over and over and over again. Now, obviously, we're talking about David being in kind of a difficult time. We're talking about David's kind of going through it right now. But shouldn't we always be in constant prayer? Shouldn't we always be talking to God, even if it's just throughout the day? You know, sometimes we, we, we think very formally about prayer and we think that, okay, we have to be in a quiet place and we have to have our hands folded and we have to have our heads down. And that's perfectly fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think that part of being in constant prayer is the talking to God throughout the day. Because God doesn't just want to hear from you when you have a problem. God do, just doesn't want to hear from you when things are difficult. He wants to have a relationship with you. Think about somebody in your life, and we all have one of these. Um, think about somebody in your life who only comes to you when they want something. They only come to you when they need something. Matter of fact, when you see their name come up on your cell phone, you go, ah, what do they want now? Because they either want money or your time or to borrow your truck. Take it from a truck guy. But God doesn't want to just hear from you when you need something. Yes, it's important to pray when you need something, and David knew that. But it's also important to just talk to God throughout the day. And again, it doesn't always have to be formal. Sometimes it's just a, hey, thank you for that, God. Or, God, I'm really struggling today. I need your, need your strength. I need your power today. And we talk to God throughout the day. And I love that David sets this example of morning, evening, all the time he's in prayer. Let's flip over to Romans chapter 12, verse 12. If you would, I'm going to put you guys to work today, make you flip around a little bit here. So Romans chapter 12, verse 12, and this is a very familiar scripture for probably most of us and maybe even one that you've committed to memory. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope, be excited about the good things. And when things aren't so good, but either way, be constant in prayer. And again, I think that's just, we got to be in prayer throughout the day. We got to be talking to God throughout the day. And I think that's exactly what he wants from us. That's what he would have us to do. And Romans chapter 12 kind of backs that up that we should constantly be in prayer. Let's go ahead and flip back over to Psalms chapter 55. Let's pick up in verse 18. It says, he redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage. It says, for many are arrayed against me. It says, God will give ear and humiliate them. He who is enthroned from, from of old. It says, because they do not change and they do not fear God. Now, I love this because after about verse 18, we've really transitioned here. We've really transitioned from fear to fury to a place of faith. And I love that David had to kind of work through these emotions to get there. Because that's exactly what we do. When something goes wrong, our initial thing sometimes is, oh no, what's going to happen next? Oh, my car's broken down. How in the world am I going to pay for that? To, oh, this stupid car. Why does it always break down at the most inopportune times? To a place of, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. 
I just need to take it in and get it fixed. But we, we go through this human range of emotions. And I love that, that in the Bible we see people like David, who God used in a really big way, go through the same emotions that you and I go through. Because it makes it relatable and it helps us that when we're in these situations that we can go to the word and we can find a story. We can find something that gives us some positive energy, something that gives us some hope, something that gives us some peace. So I love this transition as we go from fear to fury to faith. Verse 20 says, My companion stretched out his hand against his friends and he violates the covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil. Yes, they were drawn swords. Now, see, I love this part about the butter because, see, I'm from the Midwest, and we always say, like butter, baby, when things are smooth. So, see, we, we get that on us. We get that right here from Psalms chapter 55. Cast your burdens on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. It says, but you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days. And then here's my favorite part. Here's my favorite part of the whole passage. It says, but I will trust in you. See, we've come full circle. We've come full circle in this psalm from, oh no, what's going to happen to me? to just strike them down, Lord, to, oh, wait, you got this, and I trust you. See, that's the proverbial mic drop, and I'm not going to drop one of the mics because Dane will get mad at me, but it's the proverbial mic drop. He ends this psalm, he ends this song, this cry out to the Lord, this, this kind of prayer and song wrapped into one. He ends it with, but I will trust you. Now, sometimes that's a hard place to get to. Sometimes that's a hard place to get to when we are going through hard times, when we are going through difficulties, when we are going through struggles. It's hard to get there, but I love that David gets there in the end. See, I think it's okay to have a range of emotions. I think it's okay to go through things that are gonna make us stronger, but at the end of the day, we've gotta remember that last sentence. And if you don't get anything else from this today, just remember that David found himself to a place where he could say, but I will trust in you. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I want to give you a couple of things that you can use to kind of get through these difficult situations, to kind of get through these hard times that you may be facing either now or, unfortunately, you probably will face again in the future. And the first thing is, just like David did, is we got to give it to God and be real. You know, a lot of times when, when we're going through difficult times, when we're struggling with things, we look to other places and other people and other things to fix our problems. And it's almost like sometimes we go to God as a last resort instead of our first stop. And I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to people about your problems because that can be helpful sometimes. But let's take it to the one person that can fix everything and let's take it to God. Let's talk to God. Let's give it to God. You know, there's a saying and it's a bumper sticker and it's a meme and everything else and it says something to the effect of give it to God and go to sleep. Now we know that that is so much easier said than done and I am guilty as charged on this one. My wife tells me all the time, knock it off, stop worrying, let it go because I'm an overthinker. 
But see, I need this takeaway, number one, probably more than any of you do, and that's that I need to learn to always just give it to God and trust that he will take care of it. Turn with, turn with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 6 and 7. So 1 Peter chapter 5, and I want to pick up in verse 6. It says, humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. It says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And that's the bottom line. Why do we give it to God? We give it to God because he loves us. We give it to God because he cares for us. We give it to God because he can and will take care of us. So takeaway number one is give it to God. Takeaway number two is trust in him to take care of it. See, we always want to take care of things ourselves. We always want to just do it ourselves. We don't need any help. We can do it all. But we got to trust in God to do it. And even David kind of went through that in that middle section about fury where he's telling God, hey, send these people down, God. Torture these people. Put them in pain. But we got to learn to let God do it because he can do it way better than you and I can. Let's flip to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. I love the book of Proverbs. There is so much wisdom in Proverbs. It's just such a great book. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understandings. It says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. See, this reminds us to stop trying to do everything ourselves. See, we don't always understand why things happen. There's a lot of things that happen on this earth that I don't understand. There's bad things that happen to good people that I don't understand. There are some people that get healed from their health issues, and there are some people that don't, and I don't always understand that. And you know, it's funny, I always have people tell me, one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why he did this or why he did that. I doubt it. You're going to be so excited and so happy to see our Savior's face that you're not going to care about any of that stuff that happened here. But that doesn't always make it easier. We used to sing an old hymn, and, and I haven't been here long enough, maybe you guys sing this one, but it goes further along, we'll know all about it. Further along, we'll understand why. There are just things that happen that we don't understand. But we just have to trust that God is in control and that God is in, conchar, in charge and give it to him. One last scripture I want to go over with you, and this is going to be one you probably already know, but it's Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 6. And this is a memory verse, I think, for most of us, if not all of us, and maybe even might have been the first scripture that you ever committed to memory. But Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 6, and it reads, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is that don't worry about anything, pray about everything. And I love that verse. It's one of the first verses that I learned. But here's the part I don't want you to miss is verse 7. It says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. See, Philippians chapter four is fantastic. It talks about, you know, hey, don't worry about it. Just pray about it. 
But then it also reminds us that God already knows and God understands and that we may not always understand. I want to leave you with one last thought. Our prayers to God, the prayers that we make, the prayers that you and I pray, display our level of trust in God. See, sometimes we want to put God in a box. We don't want to ask for things or we don't want to talk about things with God because we don't think he can or will fix it. But our prayers display our level of trust. See, when we're able to give it to God, we're saying, God, I trust you because you are omnipotent, you're all-powerful, you're omniscient, you're all-knowing, you know all, and you can do all. So I'm going to leave it in your hands. So the next time that you, you encounter something like this where maybe uh, someone has betrayed you, someone has stabbed you in the back, you're going through something that you just don't understand, I want you to remember this story about David and how he worked through those emotions, but he ended with trusting in God.